Meredith rolled her eyes. Welcome in, you I guys. I have my, my two. Eyes. I have my two hosts back with That's me tonight. I've already lie. said her name at MK on Sports. Meredith Kane, who just rolled her eyes at that. I did not. That is lies. <laughs> it was the word flesh. Slander. Flesh. Slander. Was in the flesh. Like moist. I don't know. Is that flesh and moist? You probably shouldn't say those together. Um, Brittany, it's good to have you back at Bird's Eye View is back. She is also back on Twitter. We know you guys missed her and have been asking about her. Hello, Britt. Hello, everyone. It's your birthday Hello, Eve. Dallas. Yeah, birthday Eve. Party. Happy birthday. We went to dinner tonight. I got, ooh, we went to fancy dinner. You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. No, we went to fancy dinner and uh, Danny got steak and lobster and I got salmon Ooh, fancy. and we have this thing where like I won't let him leave his plate full because it, it irritates me like as a because when I was little my dad always said you know have what do you say take all you want but eat all you take that was his same oh, so like Jerry. We, would, we would be forced to eat to finish our plates so now that I'm older like my dad sort of lives in me Every time me and Danny go out to dinner, I look over his plate when I'm done to see what else he has left because I'm not going to waste money on anything. I'm not going to let him waste money on anything. That's what, <laughs> that's what I should say because I'm a caring girlfriend. I'm very financially responsible. And <laughs> so tonight there was like mashed potatoes left on his plate. And I look over and I'm like, hmm. So I, you know, I go after the mashed potatoes because I'm not going to let him waste anything. And then I see. There's melted butter in the middle of the table because we're at fancy dinner for his lobster. And I just start dipping his mashed potatoes into the fancy <laughs> butter. And, I'm like, he, and he just stares at me. I'm like, Danny, it's my birthday. If I want to dip potatoes into butter, I'm going to do it. Just let me live my life. I'm old Wait, and I love now. butter. Do you not so take much. like to go boxes from restaurants then? I mean, yeah, but he doesn't eat leftovers. So they just go to waste. Who doesn't eat leftovers? Steak. He doesn't eat leftovers. I'm going to eat the rest of that. He's day. not going to eat the rest of that day. Yes, I am. He's going to sit in that fridge. He does know that he's. I'm going he, to eat he it tonight. That he's on this, right? We can all. Hear oh, he you knows. Guys. He, he okay, knows. Good. He's very aware that everyone can hear him. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> world. I I think it's a very veteran move to dip the mashed potatoes in the melted butter. I'm a huge right? fan of just butter in general. So like butter on everything. I would have done a hundred percent the same thing. I would have dipped the steak in the butter. Better. Yes, I Honestly. almost dipped the creme brulee in the butter, but I was like, not a bit too trashy. <laughs> that's, I that's even I have a bar. limit. <laughs> know your limits. Oh, Meredith's um, gonna throw up because she I can't know Meredith is already a little bit oh. under the weather, so, so she no, may be I've triggered. Got, I've got fields next to me, like baseball fields, and so I'm hearing and seeing like the lights and the scream. So I was like looking out the window to see what was going on because I think there's like lily games happening oh, outside my apartment that. right now yeah like I, I would love to go over and watch because i think it's adorable but i don't want to be like the creepy adult like just showing up you're gonna be the adult like, that no. shows up at the football game friday night football yeah. game oh god i would never do that i'm not a steelers fan come on <laughs> you wouldn't be the first oh god there were people at like at my high school that did that which is so ridiculous because high school football in dc like it's it doesn't exist like it's it's there and I think, like, my senior year, we went to, like, a state championship. But, like, it's not a bit – like, nobody gives a shit about high school football in the mid-Atlantic. It's not like it is in Ohio and Texas and Tennessee. So, like, when I was a senior and there were, like, se like people who had graduated two years prior coming to the games, I was like, like, you're, like, 20 years old. Don't you have a date tonight? It's Friday night. Aren't you going to go party? Like, what are you doing? 
No, they have no lives. No, no lives. All right. Well, we have got a lovely show lined up tonight. Um, Here's our rundown, you guys. I'm just going to give you a bullet point list. Death. Why we are the worst. Leave Callie alone. Greg Newsom and Crocs. Browns OTAs. It's our lineup tonight. And baseball, if you guys let me talk about it. Oh, yeah. We'll probably have time for that. Do you hear an echo, by the way? Do I sound echoey? Yes, there's no. an echo. I don't you hear one? I don't hear an echo. Is it coming out of your computer, Brittany? I don't know. It's like, just, she, yeah, she it be. In. I was about it's, to say, I wonder if it's like, because Brie, you and I have the sa- exact same microphone, and that's what you like. And you guys were telling me that I had um, echo issues when I had my microphone plugged in that went away when I unplugged my microphone. So I wonder if it's our microphones. I don't know. I didn't have, hear it originally. Because we have the exact same microphone. That we do. This is just a great live that's already happening. All right. I guess before John, we'll see if you guys can hear it tomorrow. All right. So we took a little bit of a break last week. Um, uh, my grandpa passed away on Monday of last week. And, uh, you know, life happens. I was sad. It was a tough week for us. I, I couldn't, I couldn't put on the happy face and the happy voice last week. Um, I thought I could do it. I was texting you guys, um, feeling very confident and like, you know, this is a distraction. It's a nice distraction chatting with you ladies and it's therapy, but, um, it was just a lot, a lot to process on top of a very busy work week. And then I got to thinking, you know, it would probably be a little bit of a disservice not to talk about things that happened to us and the things that we experience because everybody experiences things like this. This is just life. And death is something that I think we've all experienced, unfortunately. Um, and my grandpa was sick for about over a year. So, you know, we in the family knew that it was coming. Um, and I had tweeted out last Monday, actually, before he passed, like how, it doesn't make it any easier knowing that it was probably going to happen sooner rather than later. You know, like death in any sense is really tough to swallow. And for me personally, it was really the first death that I've had since I was in junior high. So, um, you know, of someone like really close to me. So it had been a long time since I experienced someone passing in, in my family that I was very close to. And it, it just triggered a lot of like old memories and old feelings from when my grandma passed away, which is um, she, she was the one that passed when I was in seventh grade. And I was very, very close with her. Um, she was my mom's mom. She pretty much like lived at our house. She cooked for us. She took me to school. She was at every single sporting event. Um, I was very, very close with her. In fact, she is one of the many reasons that I am a huge Cleveland sports fan. Um, she was a diehard Cleveland fan. Um, obviously she passed that down to my mom and the love of sports to myself. So when my grandpa might hit called on my pup up, when my pup up passed on Monday, it kind of just triggered all of those memories. Like they all just came flooding back to me of, you know, my grandma's life. And now my pup up was gone. Um, and my grandma, she's my nana. Um, His beloved wife is 90. She's still alive. Um, And obviously, 
you know, she's having a very hard time with this and like, you know, just all of the emotions and and everything, you know, happening in last week was just like, it was just a lot. Um, so I just needed some time to reset um, and not think about things. I was pretty off the cusp um, for a few days processing all of these feelings. And, you know, I think right now, I'm obviously finding peace in the fact that my pup-up was 92 years old. He lived a wonderful life. Um, he was a quiet man, a kind man. Um, and, you know, I feel so lucky that I got to know him for as long as I did and that my children also grew up um, knowing him because, you know, it's 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 so few and far between nowadays that not only do you get to live most of your life with your grandparents around, but to have my children have great grand grandparents around for a period of time was just something like so cool to witness um, and be a part of that. So I've just thought a lot about death and, you know, the afterlife and like, this is going to sound really weird. So I wanted to ask you guys, um, I think my grandma is a butterfly. Uh, and I don't know if you've experienced like weird things like this, but um, my parents have a swimming pool and every time we are at the swimming pool, a butterfly flies by and it's like the same little white butterfly. And we see it every single time we're over there. And my sister and I always joke like that's, that's our grandma. Like she came back as a butterfly and she is around like watching us, like experiencing, like being with us. And when I was over at my grandma's house on Monday after my pup-up passed away, I like was sharing that story. My mom was in the room. My dad was, everyone was in the room. And I was trying just to comfort my nana and saying like, you know, he's still here like with us, like he'll, he'll always be around. And I, I told her, I, I, you know, I think my, I think grandma is a butterfly. And it was so funny because literally like 10 minutes later, a white butterfly like flew by the window. And I was like, there she is. Like, she's here. She's with us. Um, and that same morning, um, my pop-up was very big into gardening and they had planted, like before he died, he planted a rose and he passed that Monday morning and a rose bloomed. And, and like, there's just so many things that I feel like have happened that just remind me of those that have passed. I was just curious, like, have you guys experienced anything like this? Mary, do you want to go first? Mary, this is very deep and heavy. Um, it's so it's like a really, it's a really strange topic with me because I've experienced a lot of loss in a short amount of time, and in like spurts. So, like different points in my life, I would experience loss really rapidly and really aggressively. So wow. it's it's tough to talk about, and plus, like also for like the religious aspect and I don't like talking about you know just you know because of the state of the world I don't really like talking about my religion but like we're not supposed to like communicate with the dead if that makes sense yeah like that's not like once they've crossed over because there's like this belief that it can open up it can open up yourself to bad things so mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I mean, I'll look for like signs from the universe, sure, but like, yeah. I try not to like think about spirits around me and whether or not they're trying to talk to me. Because if they are, then I'm going to ignore them. 
So yeah, I'm just like, I'm not the, I'm not the person to like talk about this. I just, I don't handle loss very well. I so. figured since you're like super into aliens and like conspiracies like me, I was like, oh, I, she'll like the, the spirit I am. I, I, I am super into like aliens and Bigfoot <laughs> and feral people. I'm super into like the feral people. And then, oh my God. Okay. Feral people. So I, I found, oh my God, you guys, I have to tell you this story. So, and this is going to completely derail the conversation and I apologize now, but I was on TikTok the other night and I was scrolling through and this woman who lives in parts of Appalachia was talking about like, don't look into the woods if you think you saw something you didn't. And then she started telling stories of like her experiences with like mysterious things in the woods. And I was watching this like at like at 11 o'clock at night in the dark in the dark of course always i'll watch scary movies in the middle of like in the dark by myself and i don't care but like this tiktok freaked me out i was like near tears i couldn't sleep i was so scared i was so scared i like closed all my blinds because i was like there are woods outside my apartment like (laughs) what if there's creatures in the woods like i'm never going back to appalachia ever again I'm gonna die, which is like funny because like I went to school in Appalachia, and like I was gonna say that's me, that's me. <laughs> like I just it was like it, it it scared me. So like that type of stuff, like yeah. But like when it comes to like ghosts and stuff, I definitely believe that like spirits will like be on this side. But I don't. I try not to mess with it, you know, because I feel like if you do, it opens yourself up to really bad things. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'm terrified of, like, ghosts and demons and all that stuff. Um, at the same time, I'm very intrigued. So if, if there's ever a ghost tour anywhere that I'm at, like, I want to go on it. Like, I went on a few, like, in New Orleans. Yeah. I went to, to a couple in Winston-Salem. So, like, anytime I, I want to see, like, because most of it's just, like, history. And history is just, yes. like, inherently, like, interesting. So you learn yeah. all about these things you wouldn't know otherwise. So that's kind of what the ghost tours are about, which is fun. Um, but as far as, like, uh, like spirits and like that they scare me to my core so I've never experienced anything like ghostly you know otherworldly but I have had dreams about people that have passed and they have given me very specific messages for like Whoa. someone else so like one time I dreamed about my great-grandpa who was like my best friend in the world he was everything to me when I was little and he died when I was in uh, eighth grade. And then in high school, probably like two years later, we were going through a really rough time. Me and my parents, my whole family, we were going through a tough time. And he came to me in a dream. And he, I'm not going to say what it was, but he told me something very specific to say to my parents. Wow. And I did the next day. And I just, you know, I, I told them what had happened. I was like, you know, Buffy said, blah, blah, blah. And my mother just started crying because there was no way that wow. i would know that that was apparently it was something that, that they often said to each other and there was no way that i could have I, I had no idea this was something they often said and um yeah so that was like the weirdest like paranormal thing that's ever happened to me yeah it wasn't it was very comforting and you know very nice i remember the, the dream vividly i was in a pool and i i came out and my great-grandpa was standing right there and i just talked to him for a second and then he was just gone so I believe wow. that there there are ways that people can contact you once they're gone. 
Um, and you know, maybe that butterfly is her. I believe that my great grandma is like birds somewhere. Although birds yeah, are bound, I mean, never mind. I, I guess it's just like uh, I guess it's comforting. Like I think it's just like a sign of of comfort for me. Like you were saying, Meredith, too. Like signs from the universe. Like there are other things that I feel like happen that I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's a hundred percent like a sign. Like it's meant to be. Almost as if like she's watching out for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and like it's as simple as like when after she had like you know, she passed when I was obviously in middle school, but like even throughout different stages of my life, you know, I used to call her Graham when I was, when I was in the market for a dog. Um, and this was like back in college, I, I wanted to get a dog. He is now Brady, but formerly, um, his name was Graham. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like this is a sign. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, like just so many like weird things like that, um, happen. And I feel like I like, think very much about things like that mm -hmm. and what they mean. And, and I don't know, just it's, it's bizarre, but I, I just, I love hearing things like that. I just, my, I don't um, know. my parents share a property line with the cemetery where they live. Like we, we moved out to the suburbs when I was in high school. And so the house, and they're still in that same house and it's right next to a cemetery. And when we first moved in, like we would hear we would hear things all the time, like footsteps, things falling off of mm -hmm. shelves. And every single time my dad was just like, he's like, just don't bother them. He's like, just leave them yeah. alone. Cause like, again, it's, there's a really big superstition about ghosts in my religion. So my dad was always yeah. just like, he's like, he would always say that he's like, I bet they're friendly and they're just curious. Cause we're new. Like that's, <laughs> that's what he always said. But if you guys are ever in London, highly recommend the Jack the Ripper walking tour. Mm, fascinating no. no thank you oh my god it was so <laughs> cool also, also occurs after dark by the way but yeah when I was studying abroad in London that was like the one there were like one or two really really touristy things that me and my flatmates wanted to do and the Jack the Ripper walking tour was one of them we paid out the ass for it but it was worth it it was so worth it it was so cool yeah I would definitely do that yeah sounds interesting awesome. All right. Well, I know I kicked off the show with obviously a very sad or uncomfortable topic, I guess, to a lot of people. So um, we'll pivot into something maybe more uncomfortable. <laughs> and this is really for Brittany, um, because I feel like she has a lot to say. Um, we need to address something. Why are we the worst? And Brittany, I know you probably thought more about this than I have, um, because I try not to pay any mind to the trolls that are out there but uh unfortunately sure. uh it's the there's a bracket out there and and i like hate even talking about this because like listen we're on twitter we have a podcast we enjoy talking about sports we all love each other we have fun on twitter together we all enjoy talking about sports that's why we exist that's why we exist on twitter we also tweet about other things, our families, our lives, anything else that floats our boat, because that is what the internet is for. That is what Twitter was invented for. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, people think that we crave attention, that we just love attention and everything is always about us, even though we haven't really posted attention grabbing things or whatever. But then someone creates a bracket about people that crave attention, so-called, to get attention about what they're doing. So I just find the whole thing like very ironic. And Brittany, I want you to just say your piece on this whole situation because you were the champion last oh, year, yeah. correct? I'm I'm the queen of this. Defending issue, okay? champion. This, yes, this is my sweet spot. 
so I was giving it a thought today and I was like, you know, you, you think of all the reasons why like people are hated for, for various things. And I've come to the conclusion that number one, as being like a, a female who's a, a Cleveland fan, number one, I am very vocal about not liking the Cleveland Indians. That's strike mm-hmm. one, I think. And that's a big strike because <laughs> whether I like it or not, you know, the Cleveland baseball team is a popular thing and, and you know, Cleveland, I get it. Um, <laughs> excuse my steam gesture. Um, but then after that, it becomes also, I am not an Ohio State fan. And people like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big one. For some reason, like, he's just, so they passionately hate their name. That's also, so yeah, isn't it? Like, that's just, yeah, like, this is, this is one. Cle- we're Cleveland. This isn't Columbus. This is Cleveland. Like, yes. why are you so obsessed with, like, if, if you went, oh, she disappeared. I mean, again, Meredith. I don't know. Oh, there's to- Tony Pizza's in here. Big Tony deal. Pizza's in here. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the chat tonight. Hi, guys. That's fun. Hello. Jerry Ball is, we'll take this as a break. There she sure. goes. No. Okay. I just, okay. I was about to, I was about to, I was going to go off on Ohio State fans and my internet said, that's what I don't understand. Like if you were born and raised in Cleveland and you did not go to Ohio State, you do not have a close, important personal family member who went to Ohio State. You have no ties to the university other mm-hmm. than I grew up cheering for them. But why? Yeah. Like, why are you cheering for a team that's two and a half hours away? Why? Yes. And, and the thing about Ohio State is that, can I do one more thing? Also, this is one more thing that I don't understand, especially for the people who like grew up cheering for Ohio State. If you love Ohio State so much, why didn't you go there for college? Expensive. <laughs> it's cheaper. <laughs> Most than of the buckets went to YSU. It's but it's it's a state school. It should cost the same as any other state school. Like if you're going to Baldwin Wallace, that's going to be way more expensive. If you're going to Case Western, that's way more expensive. Like, yeah, Ohio State's a state school. It's going to cost you know roughly forty to fifty thousand dollars for four years. That's what state schools cost. Yes. Like I, that's what I, that's what I don't understand for the people who are like, well, I cheer for Ohio State because I grew up cheering. For, I, I'm like, okay, that's cool. They probably could why... afford college just in general, though. I guess. I guess. Yeah, there's but a lot of people who are so like, weird. you know, they've just always been Ohio State, and like that's fine. I don't care about that. I honestly, I don't even care about Ohio State fans. My whole beef is with Bucknuts. I don't even like dislike Ohio State, the football team. That's not even a thing of mine. I don't dislike Ohio State football. I dislike. The buck nuts. They turn me off completely. But even so, like, I'm still pretty complimentary towards the team because they're good. And, like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to sit here and deny that Ohio State is a good football team. They just historically are. And that's fine. I'll give them kudos where it's deserved. And I do. This is, like, a regular thing that I do. So that's, what are we on, strike two, I think? You're on two. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So (laughs) I will continue to go off on Ohio State fans. (laughs) I will not stop going off. Be careful. I mean, I am still an Ohio State fan. You guys like me? No, you are not. Like that's another thing that Ohio State fans like. When I say, "Oh, like I don't like buck nuts," like Ohio State fans are like, "You hate." I'm like, "I don't hate you guys. Like you're fine unless you're a buck nut. Then we're good. If you're just a regular casual, you know, I'll cheer for. I watch Ohio State on weekends because I usually watch Ohio State on weekends too. As long as I'm not the same time. You're a fan, right? Yes. I used to like Ohio State. There are, like, pictures of me in Ohio State, like, paraphernalia. It, it exists. I know. He's well, really 
Diddy's really you hear what else? Right this. You want to hear what else? I'm going to go off on, well, okay. I'm not going to go off, but um, I have a lot of family members who went to Ohio schools that are not Ohio state, like OU or um, a lot of um, Miami of Ohio, Cincinnati. I have a lot of family members that went to Cincinnati and they all cheer for Ohio state. And I'm like, why? And this is the answer that they give. And this is another, why my mind just can't wrap my head around it. They're like, well, we, the Browns suck. Well, we need a winning football team. I cheer for them because they win. I need to be happy about sport. Like, and they, they talk about being an Ohio state fan because they win, but then we'll die hard for an O and 16 Browns team. And I'm like, <laughs> make it make sense. Make it make, like, I, I'm proud of you for, for standing, for, you know, standing by Cleveland during one and like, during the Browns during one and 31 and the Hugh Jackson and the Freddie kitchen eras and, and, and the last 20 years definitely like like stand by your man but then you're going to tell me that you cheer for ohio state because they win make it make sense well yeah i like i'm not here to excuse any of that like it's all stupid but like i again i don't blame fans from like you know little ohio cities rooting for ohio state because for a long time they have been really good not yeah. even long you know the good football team professional sports included to cheer for so you know of course you latch on to them and they they've been fun to to root for you know you had the jim trestle years and and like it was fine <laughs> it was it was good but and there, as far as like your point meredith um a lot of people like me or you know my dad most of my family we go to these like ysu's or kent states because it's cheaper we just don't have the money to go to ohio state we, you know most of us aren't exceptionally smart we're not athletic so we just sort of guide our way into the you know youngstown state university which is a fine school by the way but it's, it's a good ohio school state. There's, they don't, I mean, there's nothing wrong they're not, they don't put out like entertained football like ohio state does so well you still got a really watch, good education though and that's really what matters i wouldn't right? call it good like it's fine education is limited i didn't go to harvard there are so many universities in the state of ohio that are like above and beyond and yeah. are some of like the best like i have a cousin who went to the university of cincinnati for social work i had no idea you know like uc has one of the top social work programs in the entire country like that's so cool that is so cool that you have an in-state school where you have that, like a very specific program like that and it's one of the best in the country like ohio is rich with education resources. It's awesome. Yeah, but like the football teams aren't all that great to cheer for. Like I'm not gonna go to a YSU game because I just don't care. They're not interesting. They're not like, you know, fun. You gotta get so, drunk. Nah, I'm not gonna do Youngstown. If I'm going to Youngstown get drunk, I'm going to Youngstown get drunk for like $3 somewhere. Like that's what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna go, you know, buy booze. That's not gonna happen. Well, you but, can't um, buy booze on college campus. Well, most some you can. Yeah, most well, regardless, you, you can go around Youngstown and get, whatever it doesn't matter sorry like, i'm derailing the conversation <laughs> so uh yeah i think I, I see the question which is uh why am i a notre dame fan because my 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 whole mom's family is they've always been notre dame and i didn't go there but i could still be a fan of the team just because they're fun to cheer for again i'm not gonna sit here on saturdays and watch Youngstown state because it's not fun notre dame's fun they get well, people I mean, going and, and notre yeah. dame is a it, it is a private school and it's out of state. So it would have been frightfully expensive for you to oh, yeah. have gone to. So like 
for money restrictions, I, I get it. But like I said, Ohio State is, it's a state school. Yeah. Oh, and she said, Pal so, Joey's. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's this All cra- I know, it was, um, was this crappy little bar, like club yes. in Youngstown. <laughs> All I know about Youngstown is the pizza and the pepperoni rolls. Oh, God, Thanks so to you guys. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> You're welcome. You guys that. introduced me to Youngstown pizza, which I thoroughly enjoy. Yes. I I very much like the one with like the peppers on it. That was really good. I liked that one a lot. And then the sausage. No, oh yeah, yeah. Spinach rolls, so good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So. Okay, so you guys ready for another strike? And this one's yes. actually an interesting yeah. one that I think you both will appreciate. So, I feel like with women who talk about sports a lot, there is this um, like faction of them that sort of and uh, this is not a knock on anyone but like they have this like natural sexiness about them you know what i mean like they're just like sexy beans and they use that to their advantage they're women of course yes like women are just sexy by nature sure but there is like sexy and then there's not like okay (laughs) my (laughs) my point with this is that i think there is a very specific hatred for because it's easy to call out women who are sexy and be like oh you're using your boobies to do this and you know show your butt to do that but then for the women who don't do that you have to dig a little deeper into them you have to hate a little harder Mm. so i one of the reasons why i think people so passionately hate me is because i've never used sexuality to get anything I don't yeah. have the parts for it. Yeah. I'm like a Honda, and these women are like Maseratis driving around. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just laugh sometimes. You know, I might hey, say something hey. once in a while. But like, sexiness is just not my thing. It never has been. And that's fine. I, 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 I envy like the sexiness of women who can do that and get away with it. Like, that's awesome. I'm just not that kind of person. And that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with not being a sexy human being. <laughs> like, Oh man, we lost her again. We lost her again. Okay, but Brittany, can I ask you a question? Because I like actually do feel like there is something to be said about that. Like, I actually feel like we're very like girl next door, which I don't like. Not like girl next door, like the movie where like the girl next door was really sexy. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not saying like girl next door is sexy. Like, maybe that was bad, but I I feel like we're just like I don't know, like just your average your average girl. Yeah, and like that like probably bothers them. It, I think that really adds to it because you notice, unlike with other females, they never go after. Oh, well, you guys, you know, take all kinds of selfies and like show your butt off and like because we don't. But then they dig into like with me. It was always my finances. So mm. you still live at home and you can't pay for this and or my politics, like, oh, you liberal, whatever, so-and-so. And they would find, they had to get creative with the reasons why they hate. They had to get creative with their insults. Because we don't really get attacked that much for looks. Like, you know, sometimes I'll get called names or, you know, my nose will get made fun of. And like, that's whatever, I don't care. Like, newsflash, I have a big nose, yeah. Mm. <laughs> sorry breaking news um but like you heard it here first yes i know that's shocking look from the side can you see it guys well, and also, you gotta, look at it stop I, yeah 
Yeah, I think Fine. that's also one of the issues. And like one of my favorite things. I like this, I've Brittany. Seen, yeah. One of my favorite things that I've seen, Brittany, like there was one time, it was a long time ago. You were like at the beach and you posted a picture on Instagram and you were like 100% completely fully clothed. And like there were people like in your comments, like telling you like, they like calling you a whore for dressing, like dressing like a whore or something like that. And I was, I remember looking at that and being like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, I had a t-shirt and shorts on. Yes, yes, I remember that. I had a t- because I was trying to sell a T-shirt. That's Stefanski Berry shirt. That's when like yes, first released it. I wore that. To the, yes, I wore that to the beach with a pair of shorts, and people were calling me a whore because I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt at a beach. Which I'm okay. Like that's how dare you? Whore for wearing T-shirts. Fine. Yeah. That's so I like. I think a lot of times, like it really definitely comes from very insecure people. Um, because sure. well, because I think men feel like we have to get our val like we have to get our validation from them so if a man calls you pretty and you just say thank you i know something like that because we are fully aware like they they act as if we are completely unaware that we're pretty until they tell us and that because they bequeathed that compliment onto us we can like that whole thing and so i think men get very yeah, like they get so upset that we don't need their compliments in order to feel confident in ourselves, that we don't need their confidence or we don't need their compliments and we don't need their approval to do what we want to do. We don't have their permission. And I think that's where a lot of that comes <clears throat> comes from. So you've got, you know, women out there doing what they want to do without the quote unquote permission from a man in order to do it. And they get upset by that because they're like, because then they realize that they have no control over Mm -hmm. us when we're doing what we want to do and we don't need them to do it. I have something to add to this and I'm not going to name names. Um, However, there was a gentleman, I don't know, a year or two years or so ago who really liked all of us, um, was very complimentary of us, was a huge supporter of us. and he borderline was a little bit inappropriate and um, would constantly engage with us. And I had an instance with this person where I got uncomfortable. And I also then found out that he turned on a couple of my friends where he was not being nice to them. Um, And so I blocked him and I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't want someone like to have access to my photos, to my content, to anything like that, because I don't want to engage in this. I also don't want to be nice to someone who clearly seeks out my friends to be rude to them and say mean things to them. So I blocked him. And it made me laugh because literally he now will bash us and berate us at any chance that he can get. And just over a year or so ago, we went back and we were like laughing because we got like this time hop of him like complimenting all of us Mm -hmm. and talking about how great we all were and how beautiful we were and how it was so awesome, how we talked about sports and how we love sports. And as soon as we said, we are not okay, like you're crossing a line and there was a boundary that we didn't like, as soon as he got that taste of rejection he immediately turned on us so you know i just think like for people out there 
who like don't understand like why we get this hate it it's like so interesting to like explore the psyche of some of these men who are actually supporters of us and then if we're not okay with I don't know commenting on one of my Instagram posts something extremely inappropriate about one of my body parts I'm a married woman with children I I don't have to be okay with that I don't have have to accept your compliment like no you cross the line and I'm not okay with that doesn't mean that you can go and start bad mouthing me and all of my friends because I rejected you and you weren't okay with that so to the name to the man who we will not name um you're probably still watching this hello I'm yeah sure it's probably on, oh yeah he's got a burner I'm sure because I, I I peeked in on who's watching and there were a few Twitter handles that I didn't recognize so I was like hmm I'm creeping on you I'm the ultimate creep like, <laughs> like I'm not Watch as good as, I'm not as good as FBI but I'm so <laughs> good <laughs> Yeah, you I better like watch Rufus it, said, dude. Rufus said barbecue William. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue William. <laughs> Thank you, Rufus. It's nice to see you in here. Yeah, it is really Thank nice you, to Rufus. see you here. It's nice to see a lot of our, our good guy yes, friends. Angie, here, Alex, Mike. 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 What's up, Mike? Yes. I know we got. got I think a lot Jerry Mollis was in here at some point. Jerry Mollis, like, yeah, big Jer, Daddy Jer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, whatever. I mean, this is kind of like it, it is what it is, right? Like we are all are, we're always going to do our thing. We're going to continue to do our thing, and so to kind of feed off of this whole conversation, um, because we didn't record last week, we didn't have a chance to talk about what happened with Callie Brownson, um, and. We obviously had her on this show a few months ago. We interviewed her. We're a big fan of hers, obviously a huge supporter of hers. And with the news that came out last week, it didn't make us stop being fans of Callie. In fact, we still support her. We are standing behind her. Um, we are also, at the same time, extremely disappointed um, to, to hear that news, right? Like, we were, we were all shocked by that, just as all of you guys were. Um, but we're not going to sit here and bash her. And Brittany... Um, you're such a good writer and you're so articulate when things like this happen. Like you just have like such a knack for putting like thoughts into words. And I, you said something to our group text um, as we were talking about this. And I feel like you need to say this for everyone because it's so true based on all of the negative feedback and comments that we saw out there on the internet when this news broke. And I want you to share that with everyone. Yeah. So what I said was that, you know, it's, we're not here to judge. Good people are few and far between. I think we can all agree on that. We don't find a lot of good people in life. So when you judge somebody as being a good person and it's not fair to judge good people based on their worst day. Like there are so many other things this person has done. There is no excuse for what she did. And I'm sure there's absolutely nobody more remorseful or embarrassed by what happened than Callie. And, you know, you saw players coming to support her. Um, the organization is standing behind her. And again, there's no excuse for this. And I know we're going to catch flack for, you know, saying, 
well, you know, how can you attack this and that? And, you know, this guy's character, this guy's character, and, like, defend her. Number one, nobody's defending her. We would not defend what she did that night. She would not defend what she did that night. Um, there's no excuse for drunk driving ever. There's just, there's so many different ways to get around. You know, there's so many resources available now. There's just no excuse for it. And, you know, the three of us, 100% stand behind that. I'm sure yeah. she agrees with that. One thing that I would like to mention is that a lot of the people that are, you know, abrasively attacking her right now are the same people who um, decide that we should give these NFL players second chances, second, mm -hmm. third, fourth, fifth chances. There are the same people who say, you know, stand behind, they shout blue lives matter. I'm not going to say stand behind cops because I think, I don't want to get into that whole thing, but you know, there's a, a faction of people who are very pro law enforcement. They agree with every single thing that they do. Like rah, rah, everything they do is right. And if you, you know, go against or if you question anything about their authority, you're an enemy of some sorts. Um, and those are the same people who need to let the police do their job. And they did. If you trust this system, if you believe in this system to do the right thing, you are saying, okay, they pulled over Callie. They gave her, you know, the she's facing repercussions from it. Everything went by the book. Done. So let that be the end of it. She's paying her dues. She's doing what she needs to do to get back. They are going to let her back. She's coming back after her suspension's done. And it, it's done. But you people obsessively, obsessively complaining about this. Yeah. This, was, this happened over a week ago. This news came out over a week ago. Yeah. And they won't let it go. The, the jokes are not stopping. Mm -hmm. the, the harassment's not stopping. And I'm not, you know, I'll let you guys weigh in on this. Why do you think? So I am going to, I want to point out one of the things that I noticed on Twitter. I noticed a lot of things on Twitter last week. Um, but one of the things that was glaringly obvious was the, the people who will trash talk Mary Kay Cabot and Daryl Ryder and Tony Grossi and you know, Ben Axelrod and your, your typical Browns beat reporters will just like obliterate them on social media for always focusing on the negative and always highlighting the, they're always so negative about this, that, and the other. So last week there were storylines from OTAs. There were storylines from John Johnson's press conference, from Kevin Stefanski's press conference. And I would say the media the, the Browns beat reporters did a really great job of giving equal coverage to everything. Like they tweeted out their articles about Callie, then they would go, but then they moved on and they tweeted their articles about what Kevin Stefanski said, what John Johnson said, some of the things that they saw at, at OTAs. But if you look at the engagement on their tweets, the tweet about Callie was the one where the replies, quote tweets, everything was through the roof. And these are the people who are screaming, oh, Daryl Ryder only focuses on the negative. And it's like, well, no, he doesn't. He just reports on what he sees. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons why you see those tweets coming up so often is because you're engaging with them as much mm -hmm. as you are. So tell me why you have this 
article about things that Kevin Stefanski said that has a few hundred likes, and then an article about Kelly Brownson that has a few thousand likes. And you're saying, oh, they only focus on the negative. No, you, you are only focusing on the negative. Like every single Browns beat reporter last week, they had their, their, their one piece that they had to write about Callie. They did. They all moved on and they were just like, okay, well, we're going to report about OTAs now. And like you said, Brittany, people are still talking about it nonstop. Everybody has moved on. I Everybody. saw people tweeting me about it. Number one, they think that I was out with Callie that night, which is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, they blamed us somehow. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the shit that people come up with is just amazing. And also, like, why would you let an, a stranger from the internet take up that much of your brain space anyway? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, just, <laughs> you're a grown adult human. Get some friends. You know, <laughs> talk to your wife. Get a, yeah. a cat. Do something else because you are just, it's so sad that I sit here and laugh at you. And I know there's people watching this right now that can't fucking stand me. And I just sit here and laugh at you because you're so pathetic. It's, Sorry, uh, I just had to get that off my chest. It's been a couple, it's been a long couple weeks for me. Yeah, yeah. it has. And I, I think also like this, this goes to like probably being pathetic but unfortunately there are people out there who find joy in people screw-ups oh, and yeah. they mm -hmm. cannot wait for something like this to happen so that they can rub it in their face demand that they be fired demand that they get executed publicly shamed etc etc so I just think we've talked about this before but I just think you know having empathy can go a long way and always put yourself in the shoes of that other person and imagine it were you in that situation. Right. And she had to deactivate her account, like rightfully mm -hmm. so, obviously, because I mean, you're being already, on there yeah, and you're her, already in a bad headspace. Exactly. You and you know that you've screwed yes. up. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then also like just being in her position, even before that news broke, like, being a woman in football is already hard enough because you're dealing with animosity throughout your entire career and people attacking you just based on the job that you do and who you are. So then, of course, the minute that she makes a mistake, there are people willingly ready to attack her. Yeah. So I just think that says way more about those people than it does about her. Yeah. For sure. Especially, yeah, especially since those were the same people who had no problem with NFL players being in the league after they have literally beat a woman, beat a pregnant woman, beat a child. I'm not just talking about the Browns. I'm talking about across yeah, the league. Like you, have, like you have Greg Hardy literally throwing his girlfriend on a bed of guns and threatening her life. Like Aaron Hernandez went to jail. And I guarantee you before, you know, you know, before he passed on, there were still people who would have wanted Aaron Hernandez on their team, even though he literally killed a guy. But yeah. when it's, but it's when it's because a woman, they yeah. suit up and play football. Like, no, and like one last point that I want to make, because I know people are going to bring this up and call us hypocrites for taking adamant stances on some things. And not that we're not taking a stance on this, but we're, we're obviously not excusing it. We're not saying it was right. But the things that we are 
we take adamant stances about are often things that the law doesn't doesn't work for. So when there's issues of sexual abuse or sexual harassment or abuse against women and any kind of abuse, you know, these are things that a lot of times are sort of voiceless. So these are things that we are adamant about. In this very specific case, the law took care of it yeah. immediately. Like it's done. Yeah. The law did their job. She got hit with fines. She's suspended from the Browns. Like the law did everything. The the organization did everything by the books. They yeah. said, these are your punishments. We are very adamant about things that often don't get punished or they're exactly. just accepted into the culture of it. And those are the things we're adamant about. With this, we don't really have to say much because like I said, it was taken care of. It's done. Yeah. Like she she screwed up. No excuse for it. She would never make excuse for it. The law came in. You know, they said she she blew what she blew. It was bad. Like <laughs> this is just it was a mistake. It was a bad night. And you know, everything happened the way that it should have afterwards. We get pissed off when things don't happen the way they should have afterwards. Yes. Those are the things yeah. that we get bad about. So don't before you start a little hypocrite thing and well, what about this guy and this guy and this guy that you chose? Those are different circumstances. Yeah, they just it's, it's the whataboutisms. What yes. Mm -hmm. um, because I can guarantee you, like, let's say I'm in a relationship and I abuse my partner physically, mentally, whatever, and I get, and I, I they press charges. We go through the letter of the law. The next time I'm applying for a job that's showing up on my background check, and do you mm -hmm. think that company is going to hire me? Absolutely not. I'm not getting a job after that. It's going to be very difficult for me to get a job after that, you know, if I did this and then this and then this. But then you have NFL players who are, you know, out here raping women, beating women, beating pregnant women, abusing children, and they still get to go into the NFL and earn millions of dollars and not face yes. any repercussions for their actions at all. Yes. That's like, and, and that's yes. what we have an issue with. So, you know, we'll give out the general PSA. Like, you know, if you decide to drink, please get a ride from a friend, yes. call an Uber, a Lyft, take a cab, just do whatever you can do to get home safely. And you know, that that's our PSA. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, on a much lighter note, we will wrap up with a couple of um, Browns related things. And I just have to say this because I have gotten made fun of multiple times. But they're, our new quarterback, Greg Newsom, is a huge Crocs lover. And I just have to say that out loud on air on our podcast because this made me the happiest woman ever on Sunday. I'm obviously super behind on building the Browns. But I happened to catch like the first 15 minutes was trying to catch up. And he showed up to rookie mini camps wearing a pair of bright yellow Crocs and literally just raved the entire time about how much he loved Crocs and everybody there was making fun of him too. And so I tweeted my affection for his love of Crocs because I also share in that same affection. And he responded. And I just am on cloud nine because... I hope my husband isn't listening, but I actually have two new pairs of Crocs coming in the mail this week. Oh my gosh. Rihanna. One is a pair, one is a brown's orange and the other is like a metallic and it looks like it's brown colored. So I'll be able to wear it with all of my browns here. Exactly what I need, right? A pair of brown's colored Crocs. Perfect. 
Brianna, I don't know if you are aware. Yes. Brianna. Um, The Balenciaga Times Crocs collaboration. No, but this is also a message for Greg Newsome if he happens to be listening. Uh, There is an outlet mall in Aurora. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. (laughs) Gorgeous. Absolutely love that place. I have spent way too many hours and way too much money at that place. There is a Crocs store in the Aurora Farms outlet. So do with that information what you will. Um, and that's my olive branch because I know I'm one of the people who have made fun of you for your pink rocks. Thank you. He, <laughs> yes, I think maybe next time we see him, maybe he will be sponsored by Crocs. They need to clearly invest in the cleats. Yeah. I like, mean, like who, or maybe who pregame. About, like the cleats yeah. maybe may not work, but like, I don't know, some pregame, some pre, pregame drip. Crocs run drip. in Crocs? Listen, Crocs are the most comfortable things ever. And I know you guys all make fun of me, but I just am willing you to try them. I wear them around my house. And when I take them off, my feet hurt because they're just so comfortable standing around all day. I'm going to get you guys a pair. Brittany, your birthday is tomorrow. I'm sending you Crocs. Please do not side. send me. Brittany, would you like to pre-send me Crocs? You can wear Crocs. Yes, Danny! <laughs> Does Danny want a pair too? I'll get you matching Do you want a pair of Crocs? Crocs? I don't want Crocs, no. He does not Danny. want Crocs, no. <laughs> I do not. That was not the answer I was looking for. (laughs) It was so polite, though. I'm upset. But yeah, go to go to Aurora Farms and go to the Crocs store. Um, Go when they're having sales. Like my cousins dragged me into that Crocs store once, and we were in there for like an hour, over an hour, and she didn't wind up buying anything. I was so upset. I was so upset. (laughs) Like I was just like, I could have been staring at the purses that I can't afford at Michael Kors right now, but instead you got, brought me into the Crocs store. Crocs are the best. My kids are also very big Crocs fans. So I prefer to just like not wear shoes in general. Like I like, if you ever see me at the gym, like I, I don't like I, for some things I'll wear shoes, but like for big lifts, like squats, deadlifts and stuff like that, I, I take my shoes off. Like I won't yeah, wear actually, You're supposed to do that, right? Miles yeah. Garrett's always lifting weights without his shoes on. Oh yeah. Like when I, one of my friends had a a big home gym set up um, back in DC and when I would work out with him over there, it was no shoes at all. Highly recommend just not wearing shoes ever. There you go. Be free, run out barefoot, but don't step on anything. There you go. All right. So moving into Brown's OTAs because mandatory uh, mini camp is here. It has arrived. Um, We are in June. It's, is that like not weird to think about? Training camp is right around the corner and then preseason is going to be here before you know it. It's this summer, like barely started and it's already flying by. But, um, you know, I think it was really nice to see the players um, and much of the starting offense be live and in person in Berea, because obviously the talk has been, you know, who showed up, who hasn't showed up. It was nice to see everyone live and in the flesh. Um, I think we expected that based on Jarvis Landry's softball tournament over the weekend, a lot of them were in town for that. So I expected a lot of them to show up. Um, But the biggest news coming out of today was um, two of our key players and our star players, both Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb spoke to the media today and both outwardly talked about wanting to be in Cleveland and to have a career in Cleveland. And when this was said and we heard this, we immediately fired off in the group chat. Meredith, I believe it was you that said, like, have we ever heard a player say they actually want to be in Cleveland long term? Well, we they have said it because they have to. But what I said <laughs> in the group chat was that this is the first time that I've actually believed them. They said it and they meant it. 
Yeah. And like, it's not we, even just about the money. Like, sure, the money's yeah. nice, but I, I feel I, like it's because of the culture that they want to be here. And I believe both of them said that they're not even concerned about it, but they know that their agents are talking to the Browns right now. So it's one of those things where like, yeah, it's, but they're they're not concerned with it. They're like, yeah, I'm going to trust. I think Nick Chubb said it very specifically. I'm going to trust my agent and trust what he can do for me. And like the fact that they both said it and I actually believed them was just, it, it was, it was just like the way they said it. And I don't know, like if we go back and listen to press conferences from the past, like, you know, there's a little bit of like, you know, off the screen, you know, gun to the head kind of thing. Like, yes, I want to be a Cleveland Brown. I am here in Cleveland and I want to win for this team. Like that's what it sounded like, but no, today it, it sounded very genuine. It, I agree. It was, yeah. So it was, it was really refreshing to hear. And it got a lot of people really excited on Twitter. Yes. Yep. I mean, it doesn't take much for us to get excited. Yeah, that's true. Now we can all fight about who we need to pay and how much we need to pay and who we can afford. And it's going to just restart the Jarvis Landry wars because if we re-sign Nick Chubb and we sign Denzel Ward and we have to pay Baker and Mayfield, we're not going to be able to, I mean, it's just like, it's yeah, this is it's just gonna, like a roller coaster. Yeah. Andrew Barry is going to have, um, a, a lot of tough decisions. But one of the things that one of my colleagues said today, and I think it's very poignant, was that th these are the problems that you have when your team is good, is that like when they cut the roster down to 53 in August, it's going to be tough because there's going to be a lot of players, you know, that are going to get cut and we're going to be upset about it because they are good players. It's not going to be, you know, like a Rogan Broback, Bro, Bro, whatever his name was, the fourth string quarterback. Brogan Roback? Was that It's not going to be like one of those kinds of cuts. Like the Browns are going to have to cut. Thanks, Danny. The Browns He's our stat boy, remember? The Browns are going to have to cut really good people in, in August. But one of the things that my colleague said, and I think this is very important to hear, is that the the people that the Browns will be cutting in August are not better than the ones that are making the team. You know, because in the past, the Browns have been the ones waiting for the Patriots and the Chiefs and the other teams, and, you know, and, and in the spell when the Titans were really good. They were waiting for those roster cuts so they can swoop in and sign in some of the guys that didn't make the team. But it's it's the opposite for the Browns now. It's going to be the other teams swooping in on who the Browns cut because there's that many good players that are on this team right now or that are practicing right now who aren't going to make the final roster. It's a lot like this is, this is what happens when you have a good team. And I think it's going to be very strange for Browns fans because it's not something that this team has ever had in, um, you know, in, in the modern generation of this team. So yeah. I think that, yeah, so I think it's going to be, it, people are going to be upset and it's going to be a hard pill to swallow when someone that you really like and someone like Sheldon Richardson, when someone like Sheldon Richardson gets cut and you get really upset about it and deservedly so, but you have to understand. Yeah, but like he went out. down to like four and a half mil, didn't he? So he was making like 13 million, wasn't it true? 13 million with the Brown, Sheldon Richardson. I think it was like in the ballpark, thirteen million with the Browns, and then the Vikings just signed him for like four million. I want to say. I don't. I didn't see what they signed. For. Those number. And, I mean, they were just fell off again. They're just. I know. Good I for Andrew Barry for recognizing. You know, well, maybe this person's a little bit overpaid. 
but yeah, like that's, I mean, I, I think that Browns fans, you, you need to mentally prepare for that now um, is that, that the team is going to cut some very, very good players in August. Quick question yeah. though. Where do you guys stand on the don't play the running backs? Oh, that's really tough. I because, hate this conversation. Yeah. Cause running backs, it. like running backs wear out really fast. Like, sure. Sure. like yeah. I think that's the hard part. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, teams are so hesitant to t- to pay running backs because they do get very injury prone. I think, you know, they, their bodies take a lot more wear and tear than a lot of the other positions. And it's one of those things where, you know, like a, a torn ACL could be it for you, for you, you know, a, a torn, men- like a torn meniscus turf toe. Well, I don't think turf toe is going to be a career ending injury, but like the smallest thing could, could end you and you're not going to be as fast as you once were, or, you know, like OBJ's recovery from his Achilles is absolutely astounding, but usually they're not that fast. So like, let's say you do pay Nick Chubb a long-term contract and, you know, like, let's say it's a five-year contract and in year two of that five-year contract, you know, he, he tears an Achilles. It could take him a year to a year and a half to come back. So that's a year lost out of that contract. And then once he comes back, he's, you know, not going to be the same wheels that he was before the injury. So it's paying the running backs is a really, really tough conversation to have because does Nick Chubb deserve the money? Yes. Unequivocally. No question. He deserves to get paid. Mm -hmm. Is it a risk you're willing to take? And I think that's the question that needs to be asked. Are you willing to take that risk knowing how much wear and tear he's going to take on his body and his position and knowing that running a shelf life of a running back is a lot shorter than say a quarterback or a tackle or even a wide receiver. I'd take that risk for Nick Chubb. I don't know that there's too many other running backs that I would, if I were a GM that I would take that for. But as far as like, I, it's not just because I'm a Browns fan, okay? It's just because Nick Chubb is a special breed of He's human special. being. He is. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the thing. If the Browns decide to not pay Nick Chubb and he explores free agency, he's going to have 31 teams coming after him. Yes. Yeah, I like, agree. I wouldn't do the same for Kareem Hunt. I would do it for Nick Chubb. And it's nothing, you know, Kareem Hunt's a fine running back. He's very good, but he's not he's, Nick Chubb. He's good, but he's not great. I think that is the best way to describe yeah. Kareem Hunt. Like, Nick yeah, Chubb that's, is that's fair. Great. You know, like, yeah. Kareem is a very good running back, but he's not a great running back. I... Are you guys paying attention to basketball? No. No. Okay, I, I have my TV off the, Okay, there's... The Bucks are playing the Nets right now, and, like, Brooklyn just went ahead, and, like, he went nuts over here. Sorry, the, Jeff you, Green hit a three on Okay, that. I like Jeff Green, but, like, that's not the point. Do you guys really want <laughs> the, the Nets to win? Do you want them I to don't, advance? No, 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 no. Okay, I, thank you. I want the Bucks exactly. to win. Hardcore, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's a tough, like, it's a tough conversation with the Nets because I think people get annoyed with the super team. And right now, yes. the Nets are the super team. Yeah, they are. Yeah, oh, even so, with, like, injuries. so now they have an excuse to, like, we're down. So now they're the underdogs, people. miraculously. I know, right? The super team and all of our superstars are so hurt. I know. Any, any team with Kyrie Irving is going to be an underdog, right? Yeah, That's Kevin Durant's right. Devin. The game of his life. It looks like Jeff Green's having a good game. Jeff Green, Jeff Green is putting this. Jeff Green is putting this team on his it's back the right on now. His I will back. have you know. 
Who would have thought? We have me. seen the Jeff but Green exper- experiment. <laughs> 45, 15, and 10. Kevin Durant, he doesn't matter. This is the Jeff Slender Green Slender Man. <laughs> Slender Man. Washington, Washington Wizards fans still think that Katie is going to come play for the Wizards. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's never going to go play for the Wizards, you dumb fans. I just want this, this season to end. I'm so over the NBA right now. Oh, oh my gosh, my- you are? I'm actually enjoying yes. the playoffs. No, I really run. like it. My biggest issue with the NBA um, in terms of the postseason is that it feels like it never ends. Like, I, I feel yeah, like, that's, like, that's I feel like we're, we're playing NBA finals at the same time the like the foot NFL teams have to cut their 90-man rosters down to 53. Like, it's Yeah, just, it's so late. I, they're, I, getting, I, they're getting back on schedule though next year right like yeah, everything's no, gonna go even, back even in a normal year like there'd be times where like the stanley cup playoffs would happen you know end of although i think the stanley cup playoffs are still currently happening but it's because the season got delayed but usually the stanley cups will finish in like may or like very early june and you're, you're like almost to independence day you're almost to july 4th and the nba is still playing and to me and it's not even because the series are going to seven games it's like okay well we scheduled round one for this date and then we scheduled round two for three weeks later so even if a team gets swept then they're gonna sit with their you know their hands twiddling for two weeks until they get to round two like i don't understand why they schedule the rounds so far apart when the during the regular season you're playing two to three games a week nonstop for 82 games I think they should just have a series. The series should be like five. And I don't know why it has to be seven like this early yes. on. Mm-hmm. But I think that would like drastically improve. But yeah, it just, it takes <clears throat> forever. Like I feel like the NBA is a year round sport. <laughs> I know it is pretty much. <laughs> it never ends. Like we're getting the draft lottery next week and they haven't even crowned a champion yet. That's wild. Right? Like it's just, it's crazy. Mm. Like, NBA is like, okay, well we have to do things now. Cause if we wait until the season is over, you know, it's going to be Labor Day when we're doing the draft lottery and the season starts yes. in October. Um, Mayor, do you want to sound off about baseball or should we carry that over into next week? What do you think? Uh, it's still going to be a story next week. We'll <laughs> so true. Things move a little slower in the baseball I was going to say. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. So we can give like a quick synopsis of it. Essentially, um, in 2018, Trevor Bauer called out pitchers for using sticky stuff on their hands, on the baseballs. And everyone said, Oh, Trevor, you lovable scamp. <laughs> and just essentially gaslit him and dismissed him. And now all of a sudden it's become a, a storyline like Steve stone on the, um, on the white Sox broadcast when the Indians were playing the white Sox called out James Karinchak for, you know, having black stuff on a, on a red glove. And now MLB has released a memo saying, okay, well, all right. Okay. I guess we have to do something about this. We'll, we'll let you know in a week what you're, what you're doing. And then they released another memo saying, okay, well in a week, we're going to cut down on it. And the penalty is 10 days paid leave, like 10 days suspension, but you're still paid. So I have, I have lots of opinions about that, but one of the things that's very noticeable in the past few days is um, spin rate and velocity have gone way, way down because pitchers have, they've stopped using their sticky stuff and it's gotten to the point where everyone is doing it. Like, you know, the, the, the cheating is essentially the baseline. So that's, that's what's going on with baseball and it's moving at the speed of sticky stuff. So it'll still be relevant next week. We love it. 
I love it too. Well, we appreciate all of you guys who tuned in live tonight. Thank you for staying up late with us. Thank you for allowing us to chat about things that had nothing to do with sports tonight. Um, we just love getting together and chatting and we hope you join us uh, next week. We'll try to go live again and then stay tuned for our event with play Cleveland again, who have sponsored the last three episodes of that's what B said. We are looking forward to meeting some of you guys in person um, safely. And um, again, if you are downloading us, um, which you can find us via download, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Odyssey app. Um, thank you guys all for tuning in. Have a wonderful night and we will talk to you next week. This episode brought to you by Play Adventure Parks with locations in Cleveland and Columbus. If you're interested in sponsoring That's What B Said, please email us at girlgangplea at gmail.com.